Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Before we get into today's interview, I just wanted to give you a quick update about the podcast. As you'll probably have noticed if you're a regular listener, there haven't been episodes for a couple of months, and this was simply due to me taking a bit of a break over the summer. However, you'll be pleased to know that the podcast will be back every Monday as usual over the coming months. In fact, as a bit of a relaunch, there are three new episodes for you to download and listen to today. So I hope you'll continue to be a regular listener to the show. And without further ado, here's the first of those three episodes. Welcome to episode 306 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is the CEO and Chief Project Officer of Project Genetics, where she drives ideas from initiation to implementation, achieving successful outcomes for clients. She has strong skills and a passion for project management, coupled with years of leadership experience across a variety of industries. She is also an international speaker, as well as an active PMP, ACP, CSM and Scaled Agilist. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Jana Axline. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Jane, I want to start with a question about the various project management acronyms that I mentioned during the bio. <laughs> so maybe we could just pick up on those. So obviously, PMP, ACP, CSM. Could you maybe give us a bit of an, an understanding of what each of those are? Sure. Yeah, The PMP is the project management um, practitioner and ACP is agile certified practitioner. And both of those are issued from the Project Management Institute. And so that that's what, uh, you know, is very popular um, throughout the world. But, you know, because I, I know in the in the Commonwealth countries, Prince 2 is more co- um, popular. Um, but uh, PMI is the is the um, kind of counterpart to that. Um, CSM is Certified Scrum Master. And then you mentioned the Scaled Agilist, which kind of goes with that. Scaled Agilist is uh, through Scrum Alliance. So it's just all different types of project management methodologies um, and and practices because I really love project management. (laughs) Right. Okay, fine. (laughs) I mean, it's probably worth just touching on before we get into the the flow of the the interview uh, about sort of the the advent of Agile, if you like, and what it means from a project management perspective. You mentioned, obviously, Prince2, which, as you say, is very Commonwealth-driven. Um, but obviously, from PMI, that, that's obviously a different approach. But they, they're typically what you would look at as as traditional project management approaches. Um, and, and Agile is very different. So, so how do you see that? Or how does that sort of work in terms of moving traditional project management into an Agile environment? You know, ironically, Agile's been around for a long time. I want to say 1970, but don't quote me on that. So, but it was it was really um, more common and and just among developers and and those teams. It, it didn't seem to um, gain any popularity in like large scale IT implementations until um, much later. Uh, I feel like you know, for me, and in, in, when I was in Denver, Colorado. I didn't really even start hearing about it until around, 
Oh, probably 2014 or 15. Um, I'm sure it was, you know, picking up, but you know, before then, but you know, I was very active in, in PMI by that point. Um, and doing, like you said, traditional project management, um, where it was like, first you do your requirements and then you design it and then you build it and then you test it. And then you, uh oh, have to go back and fix everything because it wasn't what the, you know, the business wanted. Um, and so we, there were certain things that we, I, I found that I was implementing in my project management practices that were like agile. Like for instance, I would have a daily standup. I didn't call it that, but I, you know, just felt like this need to know on a daily basis, you know, where the team was and what was blocking them. And, it, and, and, and so while I wasn't running it strictly per the, you know, scrum methodology, um, you know, it just made sense to me. And so as I got started learning about Agile formally, that I really felt like that it just makes sense, right? It's just, it's like, well, duh, of course, you'd want to be kind of iterating and understanding what, um, you know, the client wants and validating that you got it right, rather than just waiting to the end when you get to, to test um, and finding out that you've fallen victim to, you know, as Agile says, the gulf of evaluation, right? The client, the business decide, uh, describes one thing, but you built something else because you understood it differently. Um, so, yeah, I just felt Agile made sense. It was not a hard leap for me. I still think there's um, value in some of the structure that... Um, that, you know, waterfall offered. And I think that's part of the reason, you know, PMI then brought in the ACP was because they're like, look, there's still value in having a communications plan and a risk management plan and some of these overarching, um, you know, disciplines that help projects um, avoid significant problems. Um, and, and so, you know, that's kind of where PMI came in and said, well, there, we see the value in this as well for IT projects. Um, so let's combine the two and, and really, sh you know, make IT project delivery strong. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I think there's, there's definitely value in some of the traditional things that have been done, if you like, in IT project management mm. delivery. Um, and, and as you say, they support as much as anything else. They sort of help the sort of the back end process, if you like, of project management. Yeah, because what I find is the the area, the companies that are just pure agile, um, you know, maybe just using Scrum teams or something, and they aren't scaling it. Um, even though Scrum is really, it is really structured and it is really disciplined, I find the implementation of it isn't always the case. And so then when you don't pr uh, put this governance framework around it, you start having projects that never seem to end. <laughs> yeah, very true, yes. I mean, you talk about the, the history of Agile and, and how long it's been around. Um, obviously, the Agile Manifesto was a, was a sort of um, a watershed moment, if you like, um, yes. in, in, in particularly from, from an IT perspective. Um, and I've, I've spoken to uh, Robert C. Martin and Kent Beck on this um, podcast in the past about mm -hmm. that as well. So if people want to check that out, there are episodes there for people to, to go back and listen to. Anyway, <laughs> let, let's, let's uh, talk about careers in particular. So um, can you maybe tell us, uh, give us a career tip, one that maybe not quite as obvious as, as others may think? You know, I found one of the pivotal activities that drove my career forward is actually volunteering. 
Um, I think volunteering within your um, discipline can really help you gain experience that you may not gain in the workplace, as well as build relationships with people who need to hire um, people like you. And so now you've got a foot in the door because you've built a relationship. They've seen how you perform and it's much easier to then get, get a job. Um, so I started volunteering with PMI as soon as I discovered project management. And, um, the first thing I did was, uh, volunteer for the symposium in a big conference that they put on every year. And so I did that for a year, maybe two years, and then I got on the board. And then finally somebody said, um, hey, Jana, we have a job opening at Cigna Healthcare, um, and we'd love for you to apply for it. And the, the great thing was, is I got this job with actually zero project management experience at the time. I mean, I had my uh, CAPM certification, which is the theory-based one, not the practical one. Um, yeah. And I had my volunteering experience and that was it. Before that, I was in all sorts of other career fields, but not anything project management. And I, and I also had zero IT experience. And I was hired as an IT project manager at Cigna. And it was amazing. I love that job. But, you know, I, I don't think I would have even gotten an interview if I hadn't been volunteering for a couple of years before that came up. Yeah. Is that something you still do? Do you volunteer for for other things outside of your what you do on a sort of business basis on a day-to-day basis? Um, not as recently because I've been t- living between a couple different countries between Australia yeah. and the US. And it, and at that time, I, I actually was the president of PMI, um, Mile High Chapter in Denver. Um, but um, I stepped down so that I could be able to travel back and forth. Um, and so since then, I it's only been about two years. I haven't kind of re-engaged there, but I've always found volunteering. I did, I did a lot within the Project Management Institute and a lot within uh, Toastmasters. And I found that both of those things uh, really helped my career advance. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously good things from a career or skills development perspective anyway, Mm. particularly things like Toastmasters. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jenny, can you share with us your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience? When I was growing up, there I did not um, have a lot of minorities within my um, that I came in contact with. I grew up in Colorado Springs. It was mostly Caucasian, maybe some Asian sprinkled in, and maybe some Hispanics. But we didn't get a lot of diversity within Colorado Springs. A very small town, uh, very Air Force. Um, <laughs> area. I think we had six Air Force bases. Um, So I just wasn't exposed to a lot of diversity. Um, And so then when I started working at Cigna, it was much more diverse culture. And we had, um, you know, Indian Americans working uh, at, uh, within Cigna. And, um, and so we were going to have a team party, uh, you know, like uh, buying pizza for the whole team. And, Um, I, you know, had a team of about 20 people. I bought this pizza and, um, my, my developers came in and they're like, where's the vegetarian pizza? (laughs) Well, no, I actually, sorry. Let me take that back. I got the vegetarian right, but I didn't get them anything that had meat. So they were like, where's the chicken? Where's the, you know, something that had protein on it. Cause all I knew was, oh, they can't, you know, in my head it was, they can't have meat. 
Um, and so I just bought vegetarian stuff, but they could eat chicken. And so I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know? And so then fast forward three months, I'm doing it again. I'm like buying all these, you know, chicken pizzas and things like that. And then it was like, oh, it's a holy holiday. We can't have any meat. And so, um, (laughs) just that, you know, not having that background, it's just very, it was a very pivotal moment for me to just learn that not everybody's like me and, um, you need to put a little effort in, um, making sure that you're, um, being inclusive of your whole team. Indeed. Yeah. It's understanding, isn't it? The different cultures, um, and, and so forth, really. It's just broader, isn't it? That's the key. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Right. Okay. So maybe something a little bit more positive. Can you tell us about your career highlight? Yeah. You know, for me, I, um, I've really enjoyed my career in IT project management. And, you know, I think the coolest thing for me was um, while I was at Cigna, I got promoted three times in the three and a half years that I was there. Um, because like project management was just a great fit for me. Um, and so I excelled at it. Like it leveraged a lot of skills that were natural for me. And, um, I even got to be able to be a part of Cigna's leading for the future program, um, which was an amazing program that you had to be, you know, picked to attend, but it was like forecasting where is, you know, health insurance going and what can Cigna do? um, to stay relevant and stay ahead of its competitors. And it was just the most amazing experience, um, to be, spend so much time learning about yourself and then learning about how you interact with other people and then learning about the company and, uh, and the marketplace and how do all those things connect so that you can be a catalyst to drive the market forward or the company forward. Yeah, Yeah. very much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm presuming from from what I understand that you do now, you've taken that forward into what you do. Absolutely. Currently. So uh, you know, I was I was sitting listening to um, David Cordani, the the CEO of Cigna. He came to Colorado while I was employed there and and spoke at a town hall. And I'm like, man, he's a great CEO. And I'm and sitting there in the audience thinking, why is he a great CEO? And I'm like, it's because he's passionate about what he does. And so in that moment, he's passionate about healthcare, right? And in that moment, I'm sitting there going, I am never going to be the CEO of Cigna. I'm not passionate about healthcare. I mean, I like having good health, but, you know, I'm not passionate about it. And so I started thinking, well, what am I passionate about? If I'm going to be CEO of anything, what is it that I'm passionate about? And it really was project management. And so I was looking at, you know, I had that thought in my head. And at the same time, I was noticing this gap within, um, within seeing some, we had some contractor PMs within Cigna and I'm, I'm, I'm watching these PMs and I'm thinking, these aren't all rockstar PMs. And what's missing is they're great at the PM skills, like knowing how to build a you know project management plan and how to do resourcing and all of these things. It's great. They know how to check off all those those PMBOK boxes, um, but they're missing the leadership skills. And um, what I decided was that a lot of these um, companies spent so much time focusing on, like the resourcing companies and the consulting companies, spend so much folk time focusing on their technical people that like project managers felt like an afterthought to me. So you have great testers, great developers. You know, if you're staffing a project through a resourcing company, you have all these great 
um, you know, uh, technical team members, but then the project managers are kind of like, eh. So I wanted to go start a company that was focused just on project leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We may come back to that later, I think, but, uh, can you maybe tell us what excites you about the future of careers in technology? Well, the thing, the reason I love technology is because it is so fast paced. You know, project management discipline is actually pretty transferable from, from um, industry to industry. And there's some industries where you do have to have more of a like SME knowledge, I'll call it. You know, in construction, they really like, in, you know, their project managers to have that construction understanding, just um, the nature of construction. And I'm sure it's true in maybe, you know, high biotech type fields as well. But really, overall, I can pick up a project in almost any industry. I've done like mining projects. Um, I've done supply chain management projects, right? It, it, it's transferable to, to most industries um, that you don't need to have that functional knowledge. But I love IT projects. And the reason I love IT projects is because they are fast paced. Things are going wrong all the time. You're having to like work together as a team to figure out how to get it um, back on track. And um, there's just a lot of energy in IT projects. So I, you know, I, those are the ones I like to lead large, complex IT projects. Yeah, interesting point you make about things always going wrong. <laughs> um, from your experience, obviously you you've done project management in other industry sectors. Do you do you think that that IT does go wrong more more often? IT projects go wrong more often than maybe other projects. Yeah, it's statistically shown. I mean, yeah. IT projects fail more than any other project, and I think it um, has a you know to do with a few things. You know. Um, one is that what we were talking about before, this whole gulf of evaluation concept, right? IT is very abstract. When you're building software that doesn't exist or a website, you know, it's it's really hard to take things out of somebody's brain and get a blueprint of what they want. So that's one, one challenge. Um, the other challenge is you're required, like... A technical person who's building something is relying on people who may or may not have um, project maturity, meaning like you, you go out and you talk to accountants and all these things. Let's say you're, you're implementing an ERP and you're talking to the finance team and the accounting teams and you're trying to understand all their requirements. Um, they don't always understand what's important to tell you. And, you know, it, so that becomes really hard in that you end up getting to the test phase and you find all these things that were missing. So you've got to really have somebody, you know, companies don't invest, I also think, in the right roles. For instance, I, we take over a lot of failing projects where they don't have like a, a BA and plus a system analyst, right? And so it's like those two roles are the bridge between the business users and the IT team. Um, and usually one or the other is left out or sometimes even both. And I just <laughs> yeah. kind of like Cigna did that so well, like Cigna had people in the business who their job was to tell it what they needed. Right. 
And then they had system analysts who understood how to translate that into system requirements. And, you know, yep. Cigna invested in that. And a lot of companies don't. Um, I know T-Mobile does. Um, but yeah, I find that lacking in a lot of uh, companies who just don't have that software development maturity. Yeah, that that is interesting. And I know from my own experience, I mean, yeah, the best projects tend to have systems analysts and systems architects and mm-hmm. enterprise architects and so forth. And But there is often that gap, isn't there, between the BA and the developer? Yep. There's nothing, yep. nothing in between. Yeah. Okay, good. Right. And we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Well, it was really, it had nothing to do with IT. It was really, I had a passion for project management and um, this person who worked at Cigna offered to interview me and I got the job and I loved it and it was a great fit. Yeah. What is the best career advice you've ever received? I think having a mentor um, has really helped my career. Um, and Cigna was great. I had three mentors there, um, and I used them all for different reasons. One was a person who I wanted to be more like, uh, in that I was, uh, I'm not great at, um, I, I'm just an executor. I'm like, let's get this done. Right. And she was <laughs> yeah. great at making people feel good. And so yeah. I, I went to her to learn more about that team, um, building team camaraderie. Then I had somebody who was high up in Cigna who was in the um, finance department. And with her, it was about, you know, being a woman and, um, and moving up the corporate ladder. And then I had a guy who was mentoring me and it was because he was in a department I wanted to be in at the time. And so I wanted to learn everything I could about his department um, so that hopefully someday I could work there as well. So I think having a mentor is a really important. Um, it is. It is. Yeah. I like the way you broke it down as well in terms of you had different purposes mm. um, and you were trying to develop different skill sets with each of your mentors. That, that's really interesting to hear. Okay. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? You know, I can't think of I couldn't think of anything. But one of the, one of the worst comments I got was um, uh, I was was way back when I was in um, my early 20s and um, a family member was like harassing me or teasing me or something about always changing jobs. They're like, you have a new job every year. And I did. I mean, I've made TV commercials. I used to, uh, I was a barista. I was a registered sales assistant where I sold securities. I was a legal um a legal assistant. Um, I catch caught shoplifters. Uh, I really did change jobs about every year to year and a half. Um, but the way this person said it was just so negative. And, but to me, it was all of those things led to a path for me finding project management and all of those experiences actually have helped me. Right. So I understand retail. And so that supply chain project, I've worked logistics at Target. I know how, you know, supply chain works. And so it just makes it easier to pick up on the vernacular and all of that and jump into a project and be like, I understand what's going on here. But what I didn't realize it was because being a consultant was a perfect fit for me. Um, 
because you get to change environments time after time. So that was also that pattern taught me something about myself. Indeed. Well, that's the nature of project management, isn't it? You you deliver a project and then, then it's the next one, isn't it? And it could be a different industry sector. It could be a different client and, and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah. If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? I would... Um one intern more. I didn't know anything about internships really when I was growing up. I did end up having an internship at Smith Barney um, when I was 19. But again, that wasn't a career. I mean, even though I ended up having a job there for a year and a half or something, it wasn't, it wasn't the right career field, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of value in, in, you know, the people who do like summer internships every year and could exp- explore more of those things. I'd say that, but I'd also say the other thing that I didn't, you know, so for me, I um, graduated high school and um, I wanted to go away for college, but my parents wouldn't let me go away the first year. So I had to go to a local university. And then after that, I was just too lazy to leave. You know, you've built friendships, you're comfortable with the school and I didn't leave. And so I never learned about like, and it was Colorado Springs, again, a smaller uh, town. So it wasn't this big college, right? That you get like CU Denver, or I mean, CU Boulder is a huge sprawling campus. And it's very much like, you know, university life. But I was UCCS, which was the Colorado Springs campus, um, which was more of one of those um, adult, more like a later in life adult campuses at the time. I lived there the first year they had dormitories. Um, so there just wasn't that, like, people my age. And, and where I'm heading with this is these large campuses, if you get involved in their um, their societies and things like that, you build a network that can create value for the rest of your life. My husband has an amazing network where, you know, his was from private school and, you know, through high school. But um, the people, he, I mean, he has friendships with people who are highly successful and can call them up and he's like, oh, I need this type of person. And they, you know, <laughs> they're like, oh, great. Let me connect you. Right. There's just a lot of value yeah. in those connections. Yes. Yeah. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Scaling our company. We've been kind of at the same spot for three years. I'm trying to learn, you know, new skills that help me generate leads and then um, scale the company, scale our company so we can just help more, um, you know, more clients understand that projects don't have to be this hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Well, I think that, you know, those are the things that really uh, separate you from people who are just technical. Um, and I would have to say it's, um, problem solving ability and, and, and it's multifaceted, meaning not only can I help the teams break down the um, problem, but I can help them facilitate getting to a solution. So I'm not the one coming up with a solution. I'm helping them get to the solution they need to get to. Yes. Yes. And what do you do to keep your career energized? Um, I do a lot of, uh, I love to um, learn. Um, You know, I spend a lot of time um, watching YouTube videos and reading books. And 
Um, yep. Maybe not as much as I should these days. It feels like the past two or three years has, has been a different part of my life. Um, but I do get a lot of energy watching new ideas. Like I was watching a podcast or a, um, a thing on YouTube uh, the other day about um, all this teams integration that's possible, like project management and teams. And I was just, you know, it sparked me like, oh my goodness, that's so exciting. How could I use that? What else could I implement to make it more, you know, one-stop shop for project management? So I really, I really yes. like doing those things. Good. Okay. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Um, well, I'm kind of annoying where I just like business. So I, I feel like I spend all my time doing business things other than when, we, you know, in the time that we started living in Australia, um, we did get a boat. So um, drinking on the boat, it would be my other um, activity. <laughs> but, um, you know, my life is pretty consumed by business because I just enjoy it. Right. Okay. And can you maybe share us a last or final piece of career advice? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's important to really understand who you are, um, understand what you're good at, understand what the opportunities, you, you know, that you have, um, and put those together into what does that mean for me? I fully believe in having a vision um, of where you want to go. And it, and the vision can change. But the point is, is it gives you a, a reference, a future reference point to analyze where you are and make plans of, of how you can get to where you want to go. Um, so I think that understanding where you are and understanding where you want to get to um, is really important for anyone who wants to move forward in their career. Absolutely. Yeah, very, very true. Good, good advice. Definitely. Okay. Jana, how can we find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course. Uh, I'm the, you know, only Jana Axline. Well, I guess there's two because they're, but they're both me. Um, but that's a long story <laughs> for another day. Um, uh, so yes, uh, LinkedIn's a great place. Or you can um, uh, go to our website, projectgenetics.com. And we're also on YouTube with some helpful project management and leadership tips under Project Genetics as well. Janet, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been really good fun chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.